What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome to the same old Dolphin show. I'm Josh Katzker. With me, as always, my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Here we are. Eight games into the season at the exact halfway point of the Miami Dolphins 2017 football season. And the Miami Dolphins find themselves sitting at four and four after suffering a 27 to 24 defeat by the Oakland Raiders on Monday, on uh, Sunday night on national television. Uh, the good news is the Dolphins made a much better account of for themselves than they did the previous week on national television in front of everybody when they lost 40 to nothing to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the bad news is they lost, uh, and they, they did not manage to play a complete game, uh, in a game where the offense took, uh, significant steps forward. The defense had their worst showing of the year as far as the yards allowed in a single game. And so, I mean, it was, a very, it was a vintage same old Dolphins performance in that when one part of the team gets it going, the other part of the team falls apart. But this was, to me, this game, Brain, was one of those where, I mean, it was so same old Dolphins because this was the same old Dolphins team that is right in the game, right in there the whole time, but makes stupid mistakes, makes errors that prevented themselves from being able to come out on top. And, you know, ultimately they, they fell short. Yeah, they were down two scores late and it was going to take a miracle. They scored the one touchdown to sort of make it a game. And yeah, they were certainly, the Raiders were certainly aided by some questionable officiating on that final drive that allowed the Raiders to go ahead by two scores late. But, you know, all of that aside, this was a game where the Dolphins had opportunities and couldn't take advantage of them. And when that is the case, you're going to lose in the National Football League. So this was a, a pretty frustrating affair for the same old Dolphins. What was what was your biggest takeaway watching this game, Brian? My biggest takeaway was pretty much as you put it. But I mean, they the the Dolphins did what mediocre teams do. They failed to come up with the plays when they needed to. Now, this is something where the Dolphins, over the past year plus, even when they haven't played their best game, they've found ways to win this game. And this is and and it's been weird as a Dolphin fan because the team doesn't look appreciably better than it's looked in the past 15 years, but they in in the last year plus have seemingly figured out how to win these close games. This game, not so much. There were opportunities there for them to take control of this game uh, down 20 to 16 in the fourth quarter. Two opportunities to put together drives to. With great field to, position, mind you. Right. To to take the lead or at the very least, you know, cut the cut the lead down to one and unable to do anything. And then the defense letting up that touchdown drive. Now, I've heard a lot of talk about questionable calls. I'm not buying that for a second. I watched those game that game and I said, yep, that's a penalty. 
Yep, that's a penalty. And, you know, these were stupid penalties by a team. I don't know about that Rashad Jones. uh, It was a late hit. I don't know. Hit the guy out of bounds. I don't know about that. And then the pass interference was just. I mean, it was an obvious. Well, pass the pass interference was a pass interference. I, I'm I'm referring much more to the pass that was clearly not a catch by Michael Crabtree that was ruled a catch, and you know Adam Gase was too slow to pull out his challenge flag. Okay, but it, but you know that's why you have the challenge flag. That's why you have instant replay, and if you can't get it out of your pocket or right. the flag either, you know then. You know, what good is it? That's that's on the coach. Well, listen, there are a lot of guys on the Dolphins that aren't doing their job. Got a lot of guys who, who aren't studying, who aren't doing the work, not doing their job. And, uh, you know, the guy who was in charge of throwing that red flag didn't do his job. Oh, hey, hey, that's the coach. That's, yeah, and that's the that's the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, Tony. Sp- I mean, uh, Adam Gase. You mean Joe Phil? I mean Adam Gase. <sighs> Look, this uh, is our you life. Know, I don't want to belabor the point that we made, you know, on the last show about the Ajayi trade because the fact is, the running backs played well. Uh, the running game was not consistent. There was one forty-two yard run, and other than that, they really struggled. But to but they, generate anything on the ground. But, but they were both running backs did catch a lot of balls right. out of the backfield right. and made a lot of plays and they looked good and the That's offense right. as a whole looked good. So I'm not going to sit here and, you know, and, and say that, that they were missing Jay Ajayi in this game. Um, I'm also not going to sit here and say after one game against the team with a bad defense that they aren't going to miss Jay Ajayi and that somehow that was a good trade for a fourth round pick. I'm not going to say that either. Um, but, there, there were reasons to feel good about the way that the Dolphins played in this game. But at the end of the day, it's a 4-4 four and four team. This was a team with a losing record coming into your house after you were just embarrassed the week before. And your coach went out of his way to send a message. And you came out with all this energy and players quote unquote doing things the right way and you still ended up losing the game at home in prime time against a team with a losing record uh i think it speaks volumes as to where this team is right now and it's time well maybe maybe the time to take a step back and and really look at where we were would have been, you know, a week ago when we started making trades, you know, before the trade deadline. Now the trade deadline is coming gone. There's not really a whole lot that you can do. Um but I think the rest of this year, look, they they could make the playoffs. It's not out of the question. But does anybody really expect it? And does anybody really care because this team could go five and three the rest of the way and end up nine and seven and make the playoffs. But does anybody think that they're close to being where you want to be ultimately, which is a Super Bowl contender? No, no. there's there's they're, they're not they're even close. nowhere near it. You and can't, then 
You can't take this Dolphins team and hold them up against the Philadelphia Eagles or the Pittsburgh Steelers or even the New England Patriots. Uh, or, or you I know, like that. Or even the New England Patriots. Well, I mean, this season's New England Patriots are, you know. They're, they are they've probably got going to win the AFC. Yes, they're probably going to. Well, it's going to come down to whether or not they can play the AFC championship game at home. And uh, knowing the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers will be the team that drops – you know, more stupid games than they should and end up having to travel to New England for the AFC Championship game. But I digress. The, you, you hold the Dolphins up against these teams, these kinds of teams. You hold the Dolphins up against the, you know, they're not going to, probably not going to be there at the very, very end of the season, but you hold the Dolphins up against the Los Angeles Rams and it's not even close. The Dolphins are what the Dolphins have been for the past 15 years. A mediocre team with no offensive line. A mediocre team that has a question mark at quarterback. I know the whole Tannehill thing. That's something that's going to get revisited in the offseason. This year has shown us that maybe Tannehill is you know, better than Jay Cutler and Matt Moore. But that doesn't really say a whole lot. I, I still don't know... That we have a quarterback. I think Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback that you could win with him if you have an elite defense. Um, but look, I mean, we'll have the whole offseason to to figure out the whole Ryan Tannehill thing. And we're not going to find anything out about his development, you know, the rest of the year. Because he's not going to develop the rest of the year because he's rehabbing. But what you have here is you have a team that has a few pieces on each side of the ball. But we talked about coming into this year how the the plan was to, you know, they wanted to fix that linebacking core. They wanted to fix the secondary. It still looks like the strength of the team is the defensive line. But the two best players on the defensive line are either, they're not past their prime, but they're getting to the end of their prime. And I mean, I mean, Cameron Wake, it's kind of a miracle that he's not past his prime, that he's still doing what he's doing at 35 years old. But Cameron Wake can't do it forever. And Dominican Sue can't do it forever. And he's he's due a whole lot of money. And it's there's a decision to be made there in the offseason. You look at their linebackers and. You know, you hope you get McMillan back next year, but you you see what you've got in Kiko Alonso, which is a nice a linebacker player, who can't cover a tight end. He's just he's a, he's an okay player. He it's, it's what he is. He's an okay linebacker. He's not anything special. He's he's pretty much he's what the Dolphins have had at linebacker for the past fifteen years outside of Zach Thomas, which is just a guy. He was he's, made he's to a look jag. a fool by Jared Cook in this in this game. So the the Dolphins' best linebacker is an is an aging veteran that you you get the you know based on the way he behaved early in the season and things that have come out you get the feeling isn't going to be here very long in Lawrence Timmons yeah and you have a secondary where you hope that your corners will develop into very good shutdown corners but to this point they're just they, they haven't been anything special. They've been okay. And Rashad Jones is your best player in the secondary. And he's great. I love Rashad Jones. He had a bad game last night. It's it's going to happen. 
I mean, he still made some plays, but he got beat on a couple of plays. He had the penalty. He had he gave up the long touchdown. Oh, he got roasted on that touchdown pass. Yeah. So I mean, like he he had a bad game, but the point is, is you just have a couple of pieces here and there, and the majority of their quality pieces, the pieces that you could look at and you say, this is a piece that you could win with. They're all older guys. On the offense, you've got some younger pieces. You did just trade one of them, but you've got question marks as to whether your best player on offense is going to be back next year in Jarvis Landry. Uh, And you've got that questionable offensive line. So really, when you look at it, they have a lot more holes than they have long-term solutions. And if they're not close, look, every year, the Dolphins... See, whether it's trying to appease the fan base or whether it's just being delusional in their own, you know, in, in their own jobs, they keep thinking that they're close and making moves to try to put themselves over this hump, but they're nowhere ne- really near the hump. Well, and it they're goes a team that they're a team that has consistently been mediocre. And had a couple of things go their way last year to get into the playoffs and fooled themselves into it. And so you talk about, you know, bringing in Jay Cutler, which is whatever. Well, it goes to the top. Not- it goes – the biggest problem here is Steve Ross is a guy that doesn't really know the first thing about football. And he hired a guy in Mike Tannenbaum who got this reputation – who somehow has this reputation for being a good GM because he he put together that one Jets team that made a miracle run to the AFC championship game. Well, didn't they do it two years in yeah, a row? Yeah, I think it was two years in a row. But, I mean, th- these, these were not like great Jets teams. They just happened to make big runs. And, you know, you bring him in and he's doing the same thing that he did there. Right, which, which isn't just, you know, building a mediocre team. It's not valuing draft picks, draft capital, to be exact. You know, um, will, can you being make- very being so willing to trade picks, you know, to move up to trade picks for play. I mean, they traded a fifth round pick a few weeks ago to for to New Orleans for a linebacker that has played a handful of plays on special teams. Yeah, I don't even think he's been active most of the time. I think he's been active in two games and he got in some special teams work but has not played a single down on defense. What a tremendous use of that that fifth round draft pick. And that's why when you hear we traded Jay Ajayi for a fourth round pick, like, you know, you got people that are Dolphins apologists that are out here saying, oh, well, this is great. We actually got a pick for him. What are you going to do with that fourth round pick? Because this this franchise does not value these picks. We're going to spend it on a new punter because Matt Hawk is not good. What we'll do is we'll use it to move up two spots in the, in the draft to to take a guard that ends up you know not starting for us. Yeah, we need some more uh, fat over the hill linebackers. Though to be uh, fair, just... Ray, Ray Malaluga was a little bit of a beast in this game against the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, 
the truth he's, a, is, he's had a, he's actually had a couple of good games. Mama yeah, Luka. but 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 the problem is is that now you're 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 looking at the team and you're four and four and you've got a tough schedule coming up. You really needed to feel like to be honest, I think this team needed to be six and two at this point to really have a shot at the playoffs. Now the AFC ends up being kind of you know a mess right now. I think. At the end of it, you probably – you got a good chance of getting in if you get to 9-7. and seven. So, you know, maybe, you know, if you're 5-3 and three right now and you can look at that schedule and you say, well, if we can go 500 the rest of the way, uh, we got a chance. And sure, you can look at it right now and say you're 4-4 four and four, and if we can go 5-3 and three the rest of the way, you got a chance. But I look at the schedule and I see three losses just right off the bat. And then the other games – I think are 50 50. So if I'm speaking from like a probability sense, if I think that three games are sure losses and then the other five could go either way, then at best I see them going three and five the rest of the way. Yeah, it's, it's a bad situation. The dolphins find themselves in, but, and when you look at it, at that, at that situation, and then you start talking about, you know, yeah, of course, you want to get lost in the moment. You want to root for this team this year. You know, they're your team. You always want to root for them to win and get the most out of what they have each and every year. But when you look at it and you say, well, I'm excited because Ray Maluga is playing well. Ray Maluga is not a long-term solution. When you look at, oh, Lawrence Timmons is playing well. Lawrence Timmons is not a long-term solution. And Dominican Sue is playing well. He might be a long-term solution, but they might not want to pay him because they've paid him a lot of money and it hasn't made a whole lot of difference. Cameron Wake is playing really well. Cameron Wake has been a part of the long-term solution, but for how much longer? And you start going down the list and it's like every single player that is making a difference on this team is not part of the long-term solution. And when you, when you look at that, you got to start thinking, maybe it's time to blow this thing up. Yeah. I mean, look at, you can look on the other side of the ball as well. The Dolphins have been working on this offensive line for it seems like two hundred years, and you know Mike Pouncey. Mike Pouncey used to be Mike Pouncey was the anchor for that offensive line, and he's having one of the worst years of his career. He's not healthy, and the problem there is that his health issue was looked at last year as something that could potentially be career-threatening, and he's playing through it, but it's clearly had an effect on him, and he's not the player that he was. So now you got to look deeply at your center position and say this guy that you thought was part of the long-term solution, he might not be part of the long-term solution. Your left tackle that you got, you know, you thought was a great pick, Look, he's young. He played guard. He was he was excellent at guard last year, Laramie Tunsil was, uh, but – he struggled a little bit in the move to tackle. Now it's his first year. He may be a very good tackle, but that's all of a sudden turned into a question mark. You, uh, right tackle, Jawan James has had some games this year where you said, wow, he looks really good. And then he's had some games where he looks really, really bad. And I think that's what Jawan James is. Sometimes he's really good and sometimes he's really bad. And you know what that makes him? It makes him okay. And then you've got guards, Jermon Bushrod, He's not a long-term solution. Ted Larson, he's a journeyman. He might be the best that we have at guard, but is he part of the long-term solution? Probably not. And when you really look at that, you say, so the only guy that you really feel like might be part of the long-term solution 
is the left tackle, and you're not even sure about that. This team has a lot of holes, and a lot of holes that are being covered by Band-Aids this year, as has been done with past regimes that have been in charge, or brain trust, if you don't like that word regime, whatever. They've got a lot of holes that they've been trying to cover up, and I know that especially after this year where Adam Gase has come under fire, uh, he's not going to want to hear it about they need to rebuild. But this is looking more and more each week like it needs a total rebuild. Yep. And you're you're coming up in a situation where you're going to either have to pay Ryan Tannehill a lot of money, and maybe that's something that you want to do if this is your guy. Maybe you, you decide you want to pay him, but you also need to draft a quarterback. And then you've got to make that big decision whether or not you want to keep paying Jarvis Landry. You want to let him go play for the Patriots and win eight Super Bowls. Uh, you know, I think. Well, the- I, I, I mean, look, Jarvis Landry is arguably the best slot right. receiver. He's probably the guy you want to keep. Yeah, he's the guy that you want to keep, but you want to keep him if the, if the price is right. And then the, you got to worry about like this whole like – because apparently he was one of the guys that wasn't buying into Adam Gase. Right. So you got that whole issue too. And the Dolphins have had the whole year – like they, they've they had a year basically. They knew that this situation was coming with him and right. they've been lukewarm on paying well, we, the well, guy. We don't know, what we don't know is how much the Jay Cutler situation the, – the Tannehill injury and signing Jay Cutler, how much that played into them – not making the decision on Landry before the season started. One could argue. I don't think he played in at all because they could have signed Jarvis Landry before training camp if they wanted to. And if they really wanted to sign him, even after doing the J, they could have worked the contract out to, to, you know, give him, you know, the, the, because the, the guaranteed money I don't think counts against the cap or what I, I don't know. There's there's all these weird ways where they could defer money to where it counts. Like you you can extend the guy and then his contract only counts like two million against the cap this year, but then the next year it's like fifteen million against the cap. They've done that. They've done that with Tannehill. They've done that with Indomic and Sue. If they really wanted to get the deal done for Jarvis Landry, they would have done it. I think the problem there or the the dilemma there is that Jarvis Landry wants to be paid as an elite receiver. And he has, in some regards, proven to be an elite receiver. But he's not the elite receiver. He's not like when you think of the elite receivers, the elite elite, you think of Des Bryant, A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham. You think of these guys that week in and week out are – you know, a hundred yards, a touchdown, a big play, you know, an Antonio Brown, guys like that. And Jarvis Landry is a guy that week in and week out will give you six to eight catches, will move the sticks on a few big plays. Sometimes he'll find the end zone, sometimes he won't. But he's not going to, at the end of the year, have these gaudy stats that like these other guys. But he is a great possession receiver. He is a great slot receiver and there is a lot of value in that. It's just how much do you value it? Do you value it as much as 
those super elite guys because he wants to be paid like a super elite guy. Yeah. Well, either way, they've got a they've got a decision to make. But at at the same time, they've still got half of this season to play. And while you're gonna you're gonna hate this, the fact of the matter is the Dolphins are currently the seventh seed in the AFC. Yes, I know. They've played very mediocre football. Yes, I know. They haven't even played mediocre football. Yeah, they've actually perfect. played they've, they played, they've played bad primarily foot- bad football. You're right. They've played really I think maybe four good quarters all year, maybe five good quarters all year. Yeah, the second half against the Jets, the second half against the Falcons. I wouldn't say this. I would say the, the fourth, fourth quarter, quarter against, against the Jets. Jets. I would say the second quarter and the fourth quarter against the Titans. So that's that's three quarters. You get the second half against the Falcons. That's five quarters. And then I would say the fourth quarter against the Chargers. So that's six good quarters. And then, and then maybe they had a good – I don't think they had a particularly good quarter in this game. The offense played well at stretches, but the defense did not. Makes you sad that the Dolphins finally got a great performance from Jay Cutler. It's a very good performance from Jay Cutler in this game, and they wasted it. But that's same old Dolphins. It is. It's the same it, – it's the same old Dolphins as it gets. Uh, it was – gosh, it was so disappointing. I hate this team. Yeah, this is what they do. This is what they do to us. They, you get excited, you know, they and they, they string some things together. And now it's like, oh, well, okay, the offense looked okay in this game. So maybe they can string a few things together. But now they go into, you know, the murderer's row of their schedule. The second half of the schedule is, is not good. Yeah, they're going to get TJ McDonald back. but It'll help. And that's that's going to certainly help out the secondary a little bit. But, you know, this was, I mean. It's like having an extra linebacker, too, to be honest. Right. It's good. That'll, I mean, that'll especially. Help, that'll help the, the tight end issue. Maybe, you can, like, when you ha- when you face one of these athletic tight ends, you put uh, TJ McDonald on him and you don't have Kiko Alonso in coverage. Yeah. Well, we're going we're gonna to take a look at how the Dolphins are going to match up with TJ McDonald being added into the picture uh, as they as we look ahead to next Monday's game against the Panthers, but I mean this this was a bad a bad showing for the Dolphins. Gave up 295 yards passing, much of that to Jared Cook. I think he ended up with what 116 yards just by himself in this game. It was, I mean, it was pretty bad. They gave up 84 yards on the ground after having pretty well stifled. The running game early on, as the Raiders started opening up their aerial attack, you know, as... Yeah, I mean, they gave up that one big run to, to Lynch. It was really what it was. But it was it was terrible. Yeah, it was not <laughs> like, good. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was terrible defense on that run. It was like, you know, Michael Thomas looked like he, he wanted no part of tackling. It was, it was really funny because they showed right before that run, they showed this highlight of Marshawn Lynch running against high schoolers in in Oakland That's against right. this high school football right. team and right after they showed that he he had that run against the dolphins and it literally looked like the dolphins defense was those high schoolers 
It's a, it's I mean, a, that, that's what it looked like. It looked like they, they had no idea how to tackle. It looked like, one, they couldn't tackle him. Two, they knew they couldn't tackle him. Three, they didn't try to tackle him. Yeah, it was pretty was pretty upsetting so this was a bad showing for the defense and then on those and those times where the Dolphins defense got help the Raiders receivers they've had a problem all season and they had a problem with it again in this game with dropping passes and as a result of that the Dolphins found themselves with opportunities to do something but they there were a lot of penalties the offensive line was struggling when Juwan James went out uh, Sam Young came in and he's basically a turnstile um, and, you know, the only thing that he could do was hold. And so there were all kinds of holding penalties. And it was just uh, it was just a bad, a bad situation for for the Dolphins. The offensive line looked bad. And the two times where they had a chance to get themselves right into the game, they, they blew it. And really the moment where you really thought, oh, this game is not going to go well was after the Dolphins score that touchdown in the first half and and they're getting some momentum behind them. Cody Parkey comes out after missing the extra point, kicks the onside kick, recovers it himself, catches the Raiders completely off guard. The Dolphins are continuing to move the ball. It seems that this drive is destined for the end zone and Kenyon Drake fumbles the ball away. And... And the momentum is halted. That was that moment where you go, "Oh, this is gonna be, this is gonna be one of those games where the Dolphins." And then was it f- the ensuing drive where where Oakland ends up, you know, with the deep touchdown? Yeah, I believe that. That's yeah, I believe that's correct. So, so you get it on both ends there because you get, you know, things looking really great uh, until Ken until Kenyon Drake fumbles, and then that's the spot where you say, "All right." You know, but things things are looking good at this point in the game. We just need the defense to make a stop, and then they give up the giant play. So it's just it's killer. It's a, it's a it's you know maybe the Dolphins don't score a touchdown on the drive, but it looked like I, I believe they were already in field goal range. They certainly looked like they were you know churning like they they were going to get into field goal range if they weren't already. So I mean that's a ten point swing. That's right, and we know that anything over 35 yards is automatic for Cody Parkey. Uh, anything that is exactly 35 yards is a pretty, you know, y- you have no idea what, what that's going to result in because he's pretty unpredictable from 35 yards, as we've seen with his weird extra point record. It makes no sense to me how he can't he can't consistently make extra points, but he can consistently make 50-yard field goals. And onside kicks. And onside kicks. Well, he was able to do an onside kick when nobody was expecting it. When everybody was expecting it, his onside kick was pretty poor. Yeah. That that onside kick at the end was was not a good one. It looked like, uh, I mean, Amari Cooper looked like Ozzie Smith fielding a ground ball there. It was sad state of affairs. I don't know why I couldn't come up with a Los Angeles shortstop. Maybe it's because... I uh, hate the Dodgers, or, and I'm glad. Or they- Oakland, or you know, maybe an Oakland Athletic shortstop, maybe like Walt Weiss back in the well, day. Well, Walt Weiss would have been a good one. See, I should have should have had that one saved up. But yeah. anyway, because when you say Ozzie Smith, it's like, well, then that's not necessarily an easy play. I mean, maybe he made like some some crazy diving stop, you know? Yeah, but I mean, Ozzie Smith, you know, could handle a routine ground ball to short. 
Well, I would hope so. Yeah, the only probably the only person who couldn't is Alex Gonzalez. But we don't need to relitigate the two thousand. That's, that's Alex S. Gonzalez. Right. That's the Cubs. Alex Gonzalez. Yeah, we don't need to relitigate the Marlins. Alex Gonzalez. Listen, we don't need to relitigate the twenty the two thousand three National League Championship Series on this show. Anyway, you're <laughs> over it. You got your title. That's right. We won. A, we won our World Series last season. And it was a beautiful thing. And I was very pleased to see the Dodgers not win the World Series this year. Uh, not to bring baseball into it. But I think I think at this point, we're just so... This was such a frustrating game. I, I'm sort of... It's do anything to change the subject. Yeah, I mean, to, I'm just sort of... So we don't have to talk about this team anymore. In, in some ways, <laughs> this game was more frustrating than the 40 nothing loss to Baltimore was. Oh, it's always more frustrating. Like, I mean, blowouts like that are embarrassing, but losses where you feel like you have opportunities to win are always going to be more frustrating. And I think, I think if there's actually something good about this, it's that the Dolphins finally failed to pull one out. Because it's when you look at it like that. Remember, we've, we've always said that when you look at the teams that are nine and seven, and the teams that are seven and nine, it's usually one bounce here or there. It's a couple plays in either direction that makes the difference between a team being six and ten and nine and seven. It's a couple of plays, and that was what this this game was was a, was a couple of plays at the end of it. And you know, as a result, the Dolphins find themselves sitting at four and four, and nine and seven at this point is is a long ways away. It's a, it's a long ways away, and it seems, I'm going to say, unlikely. But you never know. You never know. I think that's going to wrap us up for this episode, Brain, unless you've got anything else that you would like to add. Maybe you want to talk about, I don't know, 2003 World Series? You want to talk about Edgar Renteria? Well, he's more 97 World Series, but I, no, right. I, I think we've exhausted. You want to talk about Juan Pierre? Talk about the Juan Pierre freestyle? First we went to Philly and then we got silly. <laughs> then we went to New York or no, then we went to Wrigley Field and got that Wiggly feel. That's right. <laughs> then we went to New York and we showed all our heart. You know, it doesn't right. need to be a perfect rhyme. What what matters is when you're Juan Pierre that you say it with confidence. Oh, and he said it with confidence. We ready. But yeah, I think we ready to wrap this up. Yeah, I I think so. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Can find me at uh, on Twitter at Aaron the Brain and also writing on DolphinsReport.com. Flaming the trolls on the internet? Well, like- I wouldn't call them the trolls. I would call them the, you know, the Dolphins apologists. Uh, the Dolphins apologists who... Somehow, you know, two weeks ago we were talking about playoffs and two weeks later we're now talking moral victories after losing at home to a team with a losing record. Oh, but it, the, the, but the offense looked good and Adam Gase sent the message. So it's all good. It's all going to be better in the long run. Meanwhile, we lost at home to a team with a losing record. But yeah, yeah, that's... That's what uh, that's what I do. Well, fantastic. Have you written your uh, post game recap for for DolphinsReport.com yet for this one? I have not. I'm going to try to get to. I mean, if I if I don't get it out 
tomorrow morning it'll probably be you know probably like more of like a midweek column you know if any other kind of news breaks um i try to get it i try to get it done by monday so that it gets up on tuesday uh sometimes i get it up tuesday morning and the article too uh we'll see what happens all right and then uh you can follow me on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. You can follow the show at Same Old Dolphins. Got uh, picked up some new followers this week. Welcome aboard. We hope you're enjoying the show. Make sure you tweet at us. Leave us a, a comment on our SoundCloud page or download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Leave us a rating, a positive rating. The higher the rating, the, the, the more of those we get, the more people find out about the show, the more we can build this Same Old Dolphins community uh that's gonna wrap us up so we'll be back later this week to preview the monday night game against the panthers i'm not quite sure (laughs) what the schedule is gonna look like for next week uh obviously we're probably not gonna do the recap immediately after the game monday so maybe we'll get a recording in on tuesday uh we'll see So stay tuned. We'll get it out to you as soon as we can afterwards with all of our hot takes after the Dolphins lose, uh, uh, after the Dolphins game against the Panthers next week. That's going to wrap us up for this week. Uh, We'll be back to preview the Panthers later on this week. For Aaron the Brain, this is Josh. We'll talk to you again next time. Go Dolphins! Miami's got Dolphins, the greatest football team. Take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And what you say, Miami, you're talking to my balls. They slip, they slip, and yeah, we got them. And then we go to Wrigley Field. I got the Wrigley Field. We got the Cubs, and you know it's all about them loves. And then we what? We went to New York, and then we came out and showed all our heart. Yes, we coming down. And you know we rockin' steady. We coming down. And yes, yes, we ready.